Hello, everybody. Terrence Leahy here with another episode of the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast, where we talk philosophy from the farm. Today, we are joined by Tom and Julie Domrus from Small Scale Life and Small Scale Gardening. Together, we'll be discussing their Renew You initiatives in both fitness and finance, along with the connections between those two important areas of life. We'll also be discussing gardening, wicking beds, and much, much more. You don't want to miss today's episode with Tom and Julie Domrus. Tom and Julie Domrus, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us on, T. Yeah, thanks, Terrence. Now, before we get into some of the questions I have here, I just want to give Julie an opportunity to introduce herself to the audience. We've had Tom on here before. Yeah, I uh, this I've been a holdout, I guess. I am really excited to be here. I am new to the whole podcasting world in the last uh, probably the last year or so. I've kind of jumped in and started working with Tom in our small scale life community and and just really trying to overcome my fear of public speaking and putting myself out there. Um, so I'm really having a lot of fun with it. But to give you a little bit of background in who I am, I am obviously Tom's wife. I am mom to our two boys who are now men, Danny and Ryan. They're they 25. Yeah, they, they, do they do that. They do that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they eat a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have a house full this summer. Everyone's back in house, plus uh, plus an extra girlfriend and a dog. So it's, it's a busy place, and I'm loving every minute of it. But um, I am also a, well, I'm an administrative professional. We'll just put it in that realm. And I am working currently for a financial advisor and tax preparer. And I am a florist and had my own business for quite a number of years doing weddings and events. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades and uh, just kind of seeing where where things take me right now. I'm I'm just uh, just trying to grow personally and and learning a lot along the way. You know, I mean, I'm just the good-looking guy that's on the other end of the microphone over here. That's <laughs> right. You, you were, you were the, uh, you're the arm candy, Tom. The arm that's candy. right. I, that's right. <laughs> I was just going to say, floristry is one of those topics that we haven't yet quite gotten into in the show, and I'd like to explore it sometime in the future just because there is an art form to it. It's a very unique profession. I remember as a kid, I read because I was really into medieval literature and I love chivalry, the study of the language of flowers, which was fascinating because it was kind of like this code that people would use to communicate their feelings and emotions through the color Absolutely. and history of the flowers. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating. And it is so different from the gardening world. You know, Tom is very, very much the gardener in our household. And everyone expects that I am also a, you know, a master gardener because I am a florist. But like you said, it's, it's, there's an art to it. I, you know, you give me a cut flower 
that's that's no longer growing and I can do nine million different things with it. But but getting it to grow is a whole different story. So that's <laughs> uh, that's something that I'm exploring as Tom is uh, is doing his thing. Right. And I do veggies and herbs, but I look at a flower and I'm like, oh, that's pretty. They're moving on. Where's my green beans? <laughs> I once heard a great quote, though, something along the lines of the only difference between a flower and a weed is demand. Oh, that's a really good one. I like that. Yeah, that's truth, too. I had to put that on Ooh. my Instagram again. I, I had it there once, but, you know, the, as we all know, as content creators, you kind of are always looking for something to put up there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Terrence, I love all your quotes that you put out on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It, we were just checking that out this morning and and we were noticing the pattern that you've got. You've got quote, podcast, quote, quote, podcast, quote, and it just it's all laying out really cool. So uh, if you haven't checked out Terrence's intellectual agrarian Instagram account, go over there and check that out. It's cool. And this is why these guys make such great guests. <laughs> hey, you always make the host look good. <laughs> hey, that's right. Uh, actually, I have to give credit to Scott Hebert for those quotes. Scott, yeah. if you're listening, he's the one who came up with the whole template and design for the quotes. And he was looking for someone to help him with the project. And I said, oh, I like quotes, so why don't I do that? And then I kind of now do it. So it was super exciting. Yeah, Scott's great. I got to have him back on the show. He's a He's a great guy. Now, since we've talked last, Small Scale Life has put out a couple of unique initiatives towards new things. The first was the Renew You Fitness in the first quarter. It was a good idea, especially since in the beginning of the year, we're all talking about getting in better shape. I know I'm still sitting there going, wow, I really need to get my gym membership reviewed. But tell me a little bit about what the Renew You Fitness was like and what the response was. Yeah, this was a little different than what we've been doing. I mean, 2018 was kind of a year where we were feeling things out and exploring different topics, including homesteading, gardening, which I love, of course, and simple living. And as we rolled into the new year, we're like, hmm, really need to work on ourselves a little bit. How can we do that? And and I know that because of all the years I've been in the cubes and the office world, I'm not as slim and trim as I used to be once upon a time. So it was, we decided to come up with this program to really focus on that, hit that hard coming into the new year. So we, we launched the health and fitness renew you where we were, we were really focused on trying to be intentional with our eating, trying to be intentional with our fitness, trying to be intentional with our mindset. And it really does come down to shifting your mindset through all of this. That's a huge part of this. And we came up with a seven day, um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was amazing. A seven day, uh, program where we were rolling out content for seven days and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Wow. Hats off to you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we figured since since it was something that we were going to be focusing on in our personal lives and we had this community of people that we were interacting with in small scale life that we we thought we might as well, you know, share our journey with our community and and maybe we could all, you know, learn and improve and grow together because that's kind of a key concept in the small scale life community. And we really had some great interaction. It was it was fun to see people participating and taking some of the concepts that we had 
developed and put into play and putting it into action and, and seeing them get some, uh, you know, make some progress with it. It was, it was really, it was really rewarding. Right. One of the cornerstone pieces of that was the 24 hour plan where you're really trying to look, it's not a tracker mm-hmm. per se. It's really looking forward to the next 24 hours. What are you going to be eating? Sticking to that plan. But there's also a piece on it where you talk about things you want to get done, three things that you want to get done, your little to-do list. There's also um, some prayers or meditations and things you're grateful for. And it's really trying to take a couple minutes, slow you down, think about those things before you start your day because we're just rushing so much. We don't even think about what we're eating sometimes. And we certainly don't think about what we're grateful for and we certainly don't you know, we probably don't have any time to pray because we're like getting the kids out the door. We're getting ourselves out the door. We're running to work. We're going to work. We're doing the work. We're coming home. We're making dinner. We're going to bed, wash, rinse, and repeat. So that was really kind of the concept behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just to to set your day and start your day with intention rather than just letting your day happen to you. Um, you you just start a plan and and committing to the plan. That's that's the thing because what we realized, and this is not a unique concept to us. This is you know a lot of what we put into place was things that we had gleaned from different podcasts and programs that we were following, but um, we just realized that we quit on ourselves. We as as humans, I think, is it we're the first ones we give up on ourselves. Absolutely. You know, we, we commit to everyone else and and we get the short end of the stick. So if you're not, we realize that mindset and health are so important. And if you don't have those and you're not in a good place mentally and physically, how are you going to be showing up for everyone else in your life and doing all those other things that need to get done? So prioritizing Prioritizing yourself was a big part of this program. And I think the important point is there's prioritizing yourself isn't necessarily always a selfish thing. It can be. But the fact is, if we can't keep ourselves in good condition, we're not going to be in position to help other people. Exactly. It's the concept of the airplane, you know, the airplane going down and the oxygen mask coming down. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first or you won't be there to be able to help the people around you. So, you know, that and you're right. It is, you know, there is a balance between focusing on yourself in an unhealthy way and in a in a healthy way. Right. And I think what was really cool um, this month, Julie joined up one of these uh, bigger influencers in the health and wellness um, arena. And she's part of this group and they were an accountability group. And as they're putting in all of their daily, they're putting in their daily plans. Suddenly somebody popped up with the small scale life renew you worksheet. And we're like, Hey, that's, Hey, 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 Hey friend. (laughs) So it's kind of cool. It was, it was really cool. Two, two people besides myself in the group were using our worksheet. So, you know, our small little community here is it's starting to get around. So we're, we're slowly building things up and, and we're really thankful for the people that are here like yourself and, and are engaging. Right. And, and the other thing too, from a, we have this health and fitness thing going on to get our butts up and get us moving and get us grateful and get us praying and get us 
get us getting all those things done. But at the same time, it was an opportunity for us to test out some of the things we could do. Could we actually produce enough content to make this thing go on a really wicked week schedule? Could we launch a newsletter and, and keep our peeps engaged and grow that list? Could, how does that all work? I mean, there was a lot of elements that from a content perspective or a blogger, YouTuber, vlogger, podcaster perspective, we were testing out too. So that it was a a successful test. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but we figured out some things with new tech, with new, new mail, email server technology. And then of course our website was, was put to the test too. So we're still, we're still, uh, we're still working out some of those things, but it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot. Yep. I have to say one of the things I like about this perspective is it's a matter of living intentionally versus reactively. I yep. can't remember who it was I was reading. I'd like to say it was Ryan Holiday, so an article by Ryan Holiday on Medium or something. But he, the writer was talking about how, or maybe it was Earth Manliness. Anyway, one of those great websites that has <laughs> a lot of great content on it. They are talking about basically just the degeneration that can happen to you if you're constantly living reactively if you're constantly against the ropes and constantly reacting to the situations around you now there are times where you can only control your reaction and so obviously that's important but again it's that balance of you have to take ownership of your life and have a plan have an intention on what you're going to do going forward and i think the secret sauce in that plan you guys have is having the thing on prayers or meditation and gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude is such a basis for being able to do any of this. I take care of my body because I'm thankful for having good health in general. Yes. I'm not going to, if I go ahead and eat, I'll eat pizza maybe once a week at most. But what kind of gratitude am I showing for the healthy body that I have if I'm eating pizza three times a week? Or eating cheeseburgers and all these things that are good every now and again, constantly just assaulting my physical form with food that it doesn't necessarily like, what type of right. gratitude is that me showing? Mm. Now I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. so right. You know, there's, there's a couple of different things that popped into my head while you were saying that, you know, I've, I've heard it said many, many times you, you can't, it, you can't be grateful and anxious or grateful and angry at Mm. the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you intentionally start your day with gratitude, you know, you, the odds are a lot better that you will not go through that day, you know, feeling anxious about things or, or angry. It just, it, it, it really does work. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, prayer is a big piece of the equation. You know, not everybody in our community is a Christian, but I am and I I believe strongly that, you know, everything that I have in my life was given to me by God, including my body, and we have to honor it in a way that would be pleasing to him. And uh yeah, you just you hit the nail on the head with that one, Terrence. That 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 was a huge key piece of this. Right, and I think that lays a foundation for for something that we hear a lot in the 
if you read blogs or listen to podcasts, the abundancy versus scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And if you're not grateful for what you have, you're pro- and you're always in reactive mode, survival mode, if you will, you'll always be kind of hoarding, you know, and keeping it for yourself because, oh my gosh, this all might run out and I might need that someday. I might need this someday. So I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to give it out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage because I'm going to need all this for myself. And if you're more grateful, you, you'll probably have a better abundancy mindset and say, here you go, here, here, take, take, take. Nicole Sauce, we did a podcast with her from Living Free in Tennessee, and she she had a podcast recently talking about takers and givers and, and building a community. And sometimes there's a lot of takers out there, and they never give, and that uh, it wears you down. And um, it can really damage your community and, and really sour a person over time if you just have negative takers all the time. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about this community that we exist in, the small-scale, homesteading, agricultural community. I have the good fortune of being able to go to, like, the Acres Conference or the Moses Conference almost on a yearly basis. And you have so many people that are just so willing to share what they've learned, share their experiences. And as content creators, we have the opportunity to share from our experience with someone else. We're not hoarding these precious gems that we think that we've accumulated to get an edge on everyone else. No, we are, we're giving of ourselves as much as we can. And that's one of the things you guys have been doing with this financial freedom, the financial renew you, is you're willing to share about your mistakes and help well, yeah, other we people. have a lot of them. Yeah, we've got a couple. <laughs> we got two or three. I don't know. <laughs> well, and Terrence, it's so interesting to me as we're going through this, how many with with these different concepts that we're focused on this this year, um, that how much overlap there yeah, is there with is. everything. And it, it does all come down to those key prin- principles of intentionality and gratitude. But some of these realizations we came to with with the health and fitness um, focus time frame have transferred so well over into the financial freedom. And it all comes down to our mindset. And, uh, you know, if you, if your mind isn't in the right place, if you don't have the right intention for, for why you're doing things, um, you're never going to get to that level that, that you're striving for, or you probably won't even be able to see what's possible because you're so mired down in, you know, just the, the, details of getting through the current day. Right, right. We were listening to, we were going through a class last night, the Knowledge Business Blueprint put on by Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And Tony Robbins had a great, great quote last night. It said, activity without purpose is the drain in your life. Mm, So it's right in there, right there. I mean, if you're not intentional, you're just flailing and you're in that survival mode again. You're just going, jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, white knuckling it all the way. And at the end of the day, you collapse in bed and you're like, oh, I got to do this again tomorrow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> there's, you know, having this intention, uh, whether it's what you're eating or what you're going to spend your money on, there's really some big overlap between those things and having the right mindset going into it to plan it out, have a vision and, and keep and showing up for yourself and being consistent every day. Oh, memo to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we realized that during 
during quarter one, while we were focused on the health and fitness portion of the year, we had a really big event go on in our lives. We'll call it a tipping point because Tom is a government employee and he was a part of the government shutdown. So we went through a period of time where we did not get a paycheck. And Tom is the primary breadwinner in our household. And fortunately for us, we had been taking steps to to get to a place of of financial fitness and we had some money in savings. So we were able to rely on our savings to get us through that period. And so it ended up just being an annoyance for us versus a crisis, but it was a crisis for a, a good of majority of the people that went through it. And, and that was a hugely eye-opening experience for us because we had never gone through a period where we didn't have an income. We had a period where we were very scared. We were not going mm-hmm. to um, during the 2008, you know, crash and and recession. But we we made it through. But we for so long we're just living paycheck to paycheck, and and so many of Americans and and people outside of America as well um, are just living by the skin of their teeth, and it's a really big problem. And we realize there's so much to say about it, so we're pretty fired up about it right now. Right, exactly. And you had a recent report coming out saying I think the Fed said that most Americans cannot put together four hundred dollars in case of emergency. They don't. They can't pull together that you know four hundred dollars to mm-hmm. to get them through. And so what happens if a bigger expense comes up? I mean, so many people are getting wrecked with credit cards and cell phones and houses and cars and boats and all these toys and all these things. And then, oh my gosh, here comes an emergency. And how do you put that together? And and the government shutdown was a big emergency. And we had the, the commerce secretary saying, oh, yeah, you can just take a loan from us, you know, to get through to the oh, end. It's like, of them. what's that? I said, how kind of them. I know, no. And it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Really? It just was, it was, it was really eye-opening. I seem to remember, I'd like to say the book is, I will teach you how to be rich. And I can't remember the name of the author to save my life. And I probably would butcher his name if I tried pronouncing it. But one of the things that I have taken to heart in there is only spending money on the things you actually care about. Now, I think that's so important, especially when it comes to food, because I'm willing to pay a little bit more for a better quality food product from someone local compared to spending kind of the same amount of money on more food. I'm willing to buy slightly less food for slightly for the same amount of money I'd be spending anyway. That, I think, is one of those important things where it's looking at what what are the things we value. And I think our finances show our values more than anything else we do. Because generally speaking, if our perspective is keeping up with the Jones, we are going to be spending money on things that maybe we don't personally value. What we value is the, is the prestige or the perspective it gives other people about who we are rather than having our own identity. Amen. That, yeah, that's really that's- good. Exactly it. And and Terrence, I mean, I have to be totally transparent. I was like, I was so caught up in that trap of keeping up with the Joneses. And, and you know, it started for us. Well, I mean, our biggest, our biggest uh, keeping up with the Joneses was buying a big house in Illinois that, that made us house poor for, for nine years. We were house poor. And, um, 
we never had we never had extra money for anything no. else but but we had a big status symbol that we lived in and we looked good to everyone else from the outside so it it i mean it took it's sad to say for me it took some some major life events happening um that it, it took that for me to to just put things into perspective. And it was like, wow, what are we doing? And then we just had, you know, a kind of a hole to dig out of. And, and all of this simultaneously went on with the, you know, the housing bust. And so it was, it's been a big process, but you're right. It, it, our money does show where our heart is. Um, and I did while while you were talking, I actually did Google the uh, the book you were referring to, and it's Ramit Sethi. I can't. I don't. I I'm not saying his last name right, but I know it's Ramit because I had heard him actually on Lewis Howe's podcast, The School of Greatness, mm-hmm. and he is really interesting. He has a lot of a lot of knowledge, and and uh, there's a lot to be unpacked there. Thank you very much. Now, if you don't mind my asking, what are some good first steps people can be taking if they want to take be a little bit more intentional with their finances? Well, I think the key is the very, very first step is you have to you have to number one know what you have right. and what you're spending your money on. Because before you, unless you know that, it's really hard to devise a plan. You know, we, we have to get to the point where we can, you know, we'll call it budgeting. And, and we have a pretty um, comprehensive budget that we do every month. But not everybody, you know, goes to the, the detail that we do, but you still have to have a plan for your money. But in order to devise a plan, you have to know where you're starting. And I think so many people are are afraid to look at what they have and where they are. Um, So it comes down to tracking your expenses over a period of time, like maybe give it a month and write down every single expense, every single dime or dollar that goes out or, or track it on an app. If you're someone that uses, you know, debit cards or, Oh God forbid credit cards. Um, (laughs) just, just track it and, and get a feel for where the money's going. And then we also did create, we call it an inventory, uh, net worth worksheet where you can, you know, write down a list of your assets and your liabilities to come to a place of what your net worth is, because you need to, you need to know what you have. And a lot of people just don't. So those are two, you know, key areas to start. Right. Start really basic. Just, I think David Bach just came out with the latte factor. And I think it's a similar principle where you're getting killed by a thousand paper cuts. Yes. You don't know. It's just a constant drip of, oh, uh, $5 Starbucks here. And, oh, we'll go out to lunch there. Oh, I need to, I need to get some snacks over there. Or I need to go and buy these new plants over there, and and suddenly you're you look at your budget. And it's like, where did all my money go? Oh, and then you go out to eat. Oh my goodness! And it's seventy dollars, just like that. And you're going, wow, that burger was really great. I don't think it was seventy dollars worth. But then you, you just forget about it, you know. Yeah. And you're continually doing this, and it's a constant drip. It's a constant. The money is just going away from you, and you suddenly have more month at the end of your paycheck and you're going, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this? And so out comes credit card, swipe that baby. And, and you're just, you're, you're stacking up all this spending and it's just going to kill you. So yeah, taking that inventory, starting to track those expenses. And once you have a picture of that, then you can understand the trends and where you can tighten up, where you can cut 
and you can start doing, you can start planning by using a budget. And that's kind of a, a huge topic that we're going to get into. So our, our, our challenge is to not make it too complicated that people will actually try it instead of just going, oh, I can't do this. This is way too complicated. Yeah, we're currently in in planning mode for our budgeting piece of this um, this focus topic, and we've realized that it's it's not just a one podcast, one post no, topic. Absolutely. So <laughs> this is going to be you know we we're trying to we we've kind of we spent some time this week and we broke it down and and we're getting a plan in place for how to roll this out because it's you know like Tom said it could be it could be overly complicated and we've been doing this for for a lot of years now. So, and it took us of it took us a long time to really figure out how to budget. And and you don't come up with one budget and it's like the pinnacle budget that works for every month either. You have to look at every month and every month is going to look a little bit different based on what's going on in your life and and you plan it accordingly. So I love the quote Dave Ramsey says. He says the the geek, the nerd will come down from the mountain with the stone tablets of the budget and go, here is the budget. And you've given the person 50 cents to work with for their clothing budget. They're like, oh, <laughs> did you see the shoes that are wearing out on the kids' feet and the holes in their pants? I mean, we're going to need more than 50 cents. So <laughs> that's that's usually how it starts. And then you start to compromise from there and, and figure out areas you can cut to make the categories work. You know, it's it's a it's a iterative process. Yes. I think that's a great perspective because it needs to be adaptable. Just as an example, so now I'm self-employed as an organic inspector. That's my livelihood. So I have to be careful on which expenses I make. And I try to make expenses that are business expenses because Mm -mm. I, I can do that. Right. But beyond that, there are also times this year especially... I have a lot of weddings that I have to go to, which means my monthly budget when I have to be gone for a week as a part of a wedding party change significantly compared to a month of just being there working. I have to take a week off and probably spend more money than I'd like being a part of someone's wedding. Now, of course, I'm honored to do that if you're listening whose wedding I'm going to. There are about two or three (laughs) out there. I am excited to do this. But it does change what your budget looks like because you're in different circumstances. And I think that's one of those things that we tend to forget is that life needs to be adaptable. When we try Mm -hmm. making these two rigid rules, no wonder we try throwing off the shackles because they start hurting and constraining because our life doesn't work on paper sometimes. It needs to be able to adjust. Right, and then we have... Murphy the Merciless comes in, right? Murphy's Law, and then they it just our carefully designed budget goes up in smoke as we need new tires, or the car breaks down, or we, our apartment has a leak, and some things get destroyed, or you know any number of things. The happen. furnace and air conditioner go out on oh, the new yeah, house. Oh yeah, right after you bought it. Yeah, done, and it's a hundred degrees outside. Awesome, you know, and and these things happen, right? And uh, you have to start planning that out. Yeah, Absolutely. it's not a it's not a factor of if they're going to happen, it's when, you know. So you do yes. have to be prepared for some emergencies to happen. And for many of us, that preparedness is having a credit card. Mm-hmm. And and we pay dearly for that. And uh 
you know, that credit card is is only uh, an emergency plan for so long. Eventually, it'll get maxed out. Or what happens if if you suddenly lose your job unexpectedly oh, yeah. and you charged that three thousand dollar, you know, furnace repair or whatever it is? I mean, it's 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 a real. It's a real problem. Right. Uh, even with the government, I was traveling um, on a trip and I came back and that night the government shut down. I couldn't, I submitted the expenses and they just sat there and spun and spun and spun. And the, the government was, and the bank were saying, you need to pay this out of your personal account. Well, we're not paying you a salary. Right. We're moment. not paying you salary or expenses, but you need to pay this because if you lose your travel card, you're kind of worthless. You know, you can't do your job. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, really? <sighs> yeah. Mama was not happy yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> there are two books I just want to mention very briefly. The first is Anti Fragile. Have either of mm-hmm. you heard of that book? Mm-hmm. I yes, haven't. I have. Okay. I, have. Uh, I just think it's a great primer on the idea of being able to adapt to life and how those stressors in our lives end up making us better. Just mm-hmm. want to throw that out there to the listeners, especially. Great book. I highly recommend it. The other is to mention, you guys, I, I listened to your podcast on tracking expenses and taking inventory, and you kind of compared it to taking vital signs. What's your blood pressure? How much weight can you lift? That kind of thing. Yeah, I just loved it so much because it echoes something in one of my favorite books, The Count of Monte Cristo, which is my uh-uh. favorite book. So I will shove it in this podcast and anywhere <laughs> else I can talk about the book that no one reads enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. I'm going to read it. And, and we've been, uh, I, I got Julie for Mother's Day, Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Oh, and yes. He did a deep dive into the um, investing world and he was really concerned after the crash of 2008 and really wanted to pick apart this whole financial world, investing world, and teach people how to do this better. And I got Jules that book. So we're, we're looking at that as well. Yeah, I just got it not long ago, so I've I've started it, but I haven't gotten too far into it. But I'm excited because I know that there's going to be a lot of takeaways from it that we'll be able to share. Getting to gardening, I know that you have recently yeah. been working on your garden. Would you mind sharing about what you've done and what you're doing going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so last year, when we moved into this house in 2017, I, I took over two square foot gardens that uh, Julie's dad had built. And what I discovered was I would start working the beds and it was so matted with roots. And we have maple trees right by the gardens and it just gets matted in thick mats of these roots. And the plants are struggling to penetrate that root layer. Even though I clear them out, the roots come back. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants good soil, water, nutrients, and and it was constant competition. So the, the poor beds were rotting out. Um, wet soil on wood just rots everything out. So it was time for something new. So what I did is we got some water. We budgeted. We saved the money. And we went out and bought some two two awesome watering troughs from Portage, Wisconsin, over at Fleet Farm. So, Hillbilly hot tubs, right? Yes, yes, exactly. In fact, I got a picture <laughs> of me laying in it. But um, <laughs> I was able. I was it's able. A classic. It is. I was able to put in wicking beds. So 
what it is, is these are self-irrigating systems. I've got drain tile in the bottom, four-inch drain tile in the bottom, and then a, a landscape fabric layer, a small sand layer, and then compost and good soil on the top of that. So I'm growing in 16 inches of really good soil that automatically waters through capillary action. And I don't, I can water once and I don't, I think I watered to get it full, you know, when I initially built them, and I haven't watered it since. Now we've had a we've lot had of rain. We've had a ton of rain. A lot of but rain. But the system, you know, the water, it's just, it's working like the earth, right? We have aquifers down deep, and that water infiltrates up in the soil, and it just works. It's like putting your, your towel on the edge of a puddle, and all that water just eventually works through the whole, the whole towel, and it's working the same way in the, the wicking bed. So... Um, it's been a really fun experiment. We're, uh, the onions, I've never been able to grow onions. They're looking great. Tomatoes are looking great. The peas are coming. Potatoes are going to be in today. And so I'm, I'm experimenting with that. I'm also working, um, I built for my mom last weekend a rain gutter grow system. So it's another type of wicking beds with grow bags. And I'm going to build one for myself. When I did this, I grew food on my driveway at our last house in St. Louis Park. And I had the best peppers and cucumbers I've ever had. And I grew it on asphalt, you know, but it was in a self-watering system. So I just had to keep the reservoir with a little bit of water in it and make sure the mosquitoes didn't get too big and grow in there along with my peppers and cucumbers. <laughs> but the soil, the water just naturally wicks up into the soil in these in these root pouches and waters itself. I don't have to wonder if I'm getting enough water on the soil, it just does it. And the plants get the water they need and they grow. The beauty is there's little maintenance. There's not a lot of weeds. I don't have to worry about the watering. It just is done. I have to keep the bladder full or the reservoir full and plants just grow. And it's awesome. So, um, we're testing a couple things out this year. Um, and we're just, I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, he has, it's amazing what he's done. And if, if you don't know, Tom's an engineer and he loves to talk in systems and, <laughs> and I love, I love hearing him geek out about it, uh, about something other than spreadsheets. So oh, it's yeah. kind of fun. Well, it, essentially this is a poor man's aquaponics or hydroponic system. There's no pumps, there's no big pipes. It's just does it. And honestly, for me, I just I just look at the potential in this kind of a system, you know, for somebody, you know, just say you, you live in the city in a condo and all you have is is a little patio. You could put one of these, you know, Tom's is big. It's what is it? Eight by two by eight, two by seven, two by seven. But you could get a smaller version of this and have it sitting out on your patio and still grow amazing produce and and not have to worry about watering it you know, twice a day in the heat of the summer. Um, it's, it's the perfect system. And from a girl perspective, his, the watering tanks, they're actually not too hillbilly looking. They're kind of cute. So. <laughs> right. That's one challenge I think homesteaders have. I know uh, some of my friends have little piles of homesteader goodness hanging about and it makes place look a little uh, janky, but you know, <laughs> this actually cleans it up and makes it look pretty, pretty nice. Pretty yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. awesome. So you mentioned onions. Is there anything yeah. new you're growing this year that you haven't tried before? Uh, cauliflower, actually. Uh, we've been eating a lot of rice 
we, we take cauliflower heads and, and blend them up and, and it's a substitute for rice. So I'm going to be Ooh. growing cauliflower. I mean, believe it or not, who would have thought I had never grown cauliflower before, but I'm going to grow that this year and in the wicking bed. So that'll be a lot of fun. That's exciting. Yeah, rice cauliflower is a great substitute if you're really trying to watch how many carbs you're eating because it does, you know, I really, I don't particularly like cauliflower. I think it's kind of icky, but Riced up, and if you serve, you know, some stir fry, or you know, we do it as uh, we like to make burrito bowls. We use it as a substitute for the rice in in the burrito bowl. It is a great way to to incorporate that into your diet without having to just eat a head of of cauliflower, which which I don't think tastes very good. Yeah, unless you're putting a lot of cheese or something on it. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that. If you look at the veggie tray, the cauliflower is usually pretty full at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. And what I love is that you're taking this perspective of it's not just what you're raising now, but how you're going to use it. Because yes. that's, again, the reason we do this show. The reason we talk about these things is because it's that connection between what you're growing to what you're eating. It isn't just a one or the other. It's exactly. a whole encompassing ecosystem. Right. And uh, it's a concept that my, cir- my circle of friends, we were talking about how much produce is wasted and what we can do with it and how we can how we should be thinking about our gardening. We did a podcast, Michael Bell from Dallas, Texas, and I, he's an urban farmer down there. And we were talking about what we called soup gardening and everything we're growing, you can put in soup and can it. That's the idea. And then you'll you'll have a can of soup ready or a, a mason jar of soup ready to go. So really trying to design the garden so everything in it, we could can as separate ingredients or put it all together, pressure can it, and have it on the shelf ready to go. And that was really a thought, especially after the shutdown, when I was looking at the pantry and going, wow, it's great. I have dilly beans and pickles and salsa and corn relish. But if this thing goes on and on for years or months or whatever, you know, I'm like, um, my canning is falling short because that's not salsa is great on chips, but it's not going to sustain us in the long haul. And not that I want a whole basement full of prepping stuff, mm-hmm. but enough to get us through a couple meals, you know, if, if we have another gut shutdown at the end of the year or in October or so when the next budget battle happens. So we could, we could supplement with that. Yeah. That was, an, that was another really big piece of our success during the government shutdown is, is some of the prepping that we had done. You know, I, Tom does more of the gardening canning side of things, but I am more of like the, the meal planning, grocery shopping side of things. And I I like to shop the sales and when, you know, now we're, Tom and I are are shifting our mindset into getting more quality, you know, beef and Mm -hmm. chicken, more quality meat. But, you know, I mean, honestly, for a long time, we had so many mouths to feed that I would just, if, if chicken was a really super good deal, I just bought a whole bunch of it and we froze it or beef. And so when we came into the government shutdown, we had a pretty good freezer full of of meat and we had food in the pantry to to live off of for a while. So for that month where Tom wasn't getting paid, we really didn't have to buy a lot of groceries. We just had to buy some of the uh the staples, the perishable the stuff. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, and and we weren't growing our own greens yet inside, so it in the winter, so it was lettuce, it was, you know, fruit, that kind of stuff, and milk, of course, eggs. 
but yeah, I mean, it, it, it turned into a game where you eat down what you've got. Okay, let's go and do some shopping. Okay, eat down what you got. And you go through that cycle instead of just constantly buying a ton and stocking everything up. So it's, it's an interesting little game we're playing now. Yep. I will say that if I don't meal plan, living off salsa isn't necessarily something I haven't attempted doing before <laughs> I finally got off my butt and went to the grocery store. Again... Just one of those things that I'm learning in life. A little ramen, a little salsa, it goes a long way. <laughs> scrambled know, eggs and salsa, it's delicious. Actually, scrambled eggs and salsa isn't too far from the truth. Almost yep. every day I've been eating two scrambled eggs in the morning, which nice. has been good for my health to a degree. But the same token, I have to use a lot of salt and pepper because I don't like eating eggs, people. You oh, don't? You don't? It's, it's horrible, I know. <sighs> Well, you know what? Whatever you have to do to get it down, a little salt and pepper is not a bad thing. Yeah, that's right. And some salsa. It's delicious. Some salsa <laughs> that's right. because it's delicious. <laughs> You've just separated the small-scale life and small-scale gardening projects. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that's kind of dividing into? Yeah, so we've we've been working you know, in, in podcasting, vlogging, and blogging. You're, there's a point where you're finding your voice. And... We've been experimenting with a lot of things in 2018, and, and as we've come into this year and doing the Renew You Health and Fitness Challenge and and or Kickstart, and also this financial freedom piece, the the audience we want to serve our audience very well, and we realize that those two groups are connected and there's some overlap, but there's people who want to budget and don't want to see the gardening stuff and. and I know with the amount of content that we've got coming, I, we talked about it and we felt that to serve our gardening and homesteading friends better, it would be better to kind of separate those two a little bit. I mean, they're still in the same world. Simple living is, is part of who I am, you know, or this gardening thing. And um, it's part of who I am. And we thought to serve those audiences the best we can to maybe break that apart a little bit, keep the gardening folks to where they can go and boom, it's gardening. It's gardening all the time, 24, seven, 365 gardening. If I want to budget, boom, I'm at small scale life. Here it all is, you know, I can find it. And we just thought that it might get confusing. It might get, um, the one group or the other might get paved over because there's just so much to talk about. And we just wanted to really serve our audience to the best of our abilities. What do you think, babe? Yeah, that that says it all. Yeah, I mean, the small scale gardening is a is a site that I started in 2014, and it's been laying there quietly for a couple of years. And and uh, man, for a while, it was doing much better than small scale life. And um, and I really hadn't posted anything since 2015. And uh, and then we had this conversation, several conversations, and just decided let's serve those people and. Let's go. So that's kind of where we that's kind of where we went. So well, it's exciting to see all these new developments. Tom, Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work? Definitely smallscalelife.com. That's the podcast. It is the flagship, the podcast, a lot of content about health and fitness, uh, the financial freedom piece. There is some gardening stuff there and some recipes and stuff. And then over at smallscalegardening.com, that is the new old 
old new gardening stuff is going to be there. So if you want to learn more about the wicking beds or hybrid ring gutter grow systems, go there. And uh, we're going to start really developing that and using um, all of our platforms. We've got Pinterest, we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook for both brands and uh, the Facebook uh, group, Small Scale Life Facebook group, um, really great group of about 600 people. They're a lot of them are engaged. Um, a lot of them lurk too. So, you know, we're just trying to get people to interact and share their stories and engage with us if they have questions. So, um, there's a lot of places you can find us, but smallscalelife.com, smallscalegardening.com. Those are the two flagships really. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Thanks Thanks for having us. Have a great day. Big thanks to Tom and Julie for joining us today always a great conversation. To catch up on their work, be sure to go to smallscalelife.com and smallscalegardening.com and look for Small Scale Life wherever podcasts can be heard. If you are new to the show, please subscribe on whatever your podcast player of choice is. While you are there, if you could leave us a nice review letting others know how great the show is, we would appreciate it. Tips on how to do this can be found at intellectualagrarian.com forward slash review. Personally, this is my favorite of the reviews so far. Four stars from Kantuck. Get rid of the loud rooster. Either turn down the rooster sound bite or get rid of it. Blows my eardrums out every time I play it. Otherwise, a good podcast. Well, Kantuck, just so you know, we have stopped using that rooster sound bite for the most part, so shouldn't be an issue. Thanks again to everyone who leaves a review. Please be sure to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Until next time. This has been Terrence Lakehew and the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast reminding you to keep farming the dream.